0: Welcome to CruxCast, whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We spoke earlier today to Taj Singh, who is the CEO of Discovery Metals, TSXB Silver uh, Development Company uh, with assets in Mexico. And if you want our thoughts and ideas on the conversation, their business plan and to the company itself, you can go and find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club where you can also find detailed company reports. There's commentary from market experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies, the training videos, summaries of other interviews, and of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. So go and sign up for that now. Taj, how are you doing, sir? Very good. How are you doing, Matt? Not bad. Haven't spoken to you since July. You well? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Staying busy,
1: very busy. And. yeah, trying to man- manage through the new uh, the new norm, but uh, no, things that have been keeping busy.
0: Yeah, well, that, well, you certainly have. Certainly been in the news, lots of press releases coming out um, and we're going to hear all about it now. So, But before we do, give us that 1-minute overview of the business for people new to the story and I'll, I'll pick it up from there.
1: Perfect. Uh, Discovery uh, Metals is uh, focused on the uh, world-class Cordero Silver project, which is, which is located in northern Mexico. Uh, so we're focused uh, on silver, and we're focused in Mexico. Um, the project is one of the largest undeveloped silver resources in the world, and we are currently uh, focused on uh, putting out a uh, brand new resource in PA for the project. Uh, that's really looking at it uh, in a in a scope of a high grade, higher grade, more disciplined approach um, versus the previous operator. So we're working on that. An aggressive drill program, four drills going. Met uh, testing has started. Um, and then, so the, the the ultimate kind of catalyst is uh, second uh, second end of second quarter next year, new resource, and subsequent to that, a PEA. That's what our focus is. That's Cashed awesome. up over eighty million dollars in the bank, and uh, so all set and, and ready to really be aggressive on it.
0: Nice position to be Eighty million in cash and some warrants coming through in the new year. Nice.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good position we're in. I think it reflects the. The really strong institutional demand we've had, and kind of the it reflects the exposure we have to increasing silver prices, but ultimately what our business plan is. You know, people, the institutions are really believing in it um, that this is a project that's a world class project that will one day be a mine.
0: Okay, so I've got to ask the question Do you know what you are going to be yet? Are you a large, low grade silver miner, or are you a small, high grade silver miner?
1: We are large. You can't get around that, I will tell you. Um, but we again, uh, this system is just huge. It's a, a massive mineralized system. Again, one of the largest primary silver projects in the world. And again, silver, as we know, nine of the top ten silver mines in the world are underground mines. We've got one of the few that's a primary silver open pit mine. So, you know, if and when silver does go up, you're getting the resource larger and larger. So the large is there. But we're really looking at this project. It was typically the legacy kind of look at this project was very large tonnage, lower grade. Uh, which, for higher silver prices, sure works. But we're we're applying a more disciplined approach to it than a high grade starter. And when we talk about starter, even that project alone, the core of the project, that's a higher grade open pit, on its own, is a very sizable project. And in addition to that, we started working on some veins, uh, some high grade veins um, that potentially could be the feeders to this open pit mineralization that started start you know could be very complementary to the open pit, uh, which again could improve the economics. Of the project, so that all being said, um, you know this. We we still have that optionality for that larger pit, and and even, you know, uh, you would still start with that high grade pit. You could still mine the veins, and you still have that optionality on the larger project as capex is paid off, and again, uh, if silver price increases.
0: Okay, but you've had some time to study this. You know, last time you talked to me about uh, being a data driven company. Okay, which which I liked. Um, but the last PEA, which I suspect we're going to talk about in a little bit more detail, um, you know, you're talking about average grade for 32 grams. You're talking about an IRR of 16.5. That's that's what I'm saying. You know, are you large, low grade, low return? You know, possibly uneconomic. Uh, but you so you need these high grade veins to kind of change the economics around. Is is that the change of thinking here?
1: Um, the veins are just one part of it. A brand new part of it, I'll tell you. The real thing where we really garnered a lot of attention, got support was Within this mega pit you're talking about, uh, where I believe in the PEA, I think the, the the average mine grade was yeah 46 grams per ton silver equivalent. Uh, they used a the cutoff of 20 grams per ton silver equivalent. Very high tonnage. You're talking about almost five, four, 450, 500 million tons mine. Within that, um, there's a core, and it's a, a really we were testing and assessing: does this high grade core coherent, and can it support its own project? And you know clearly from the results we've been putting out is yes, this does, we feel very confident that there's a very strong high grade core in there, um, you know, a very sizable kind of operation. Uh, that would be much higher margins, you know, three times the grade that you're talking about, uh, decent very good strip. So it's a high grade open pit. And then in addition to that, so that high grade open pit, we believe on its own could work at seventeen or eighteen dollars silver. But, these high grade veins now can complement that even further. They're flanking this high grade pit, and they can substantially improve the economics from what we're seeing so far. We'll continue to assess them, um, but they're looking very promising.
0: See, I'm interested in what the reasons why you're looking to redo the PEA. Is it because this change in strategy will help your economics? Because if you look at things like you talk about, you know, silver equivalent, right? But I noticed that you, you don't Put realization charges in some of the press releases that you're talking about. You know, so is this really just about the silver? I mean, the 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 byproducts aren't really going to do much for economics, are they?
1: Uh, Actually, we are. We always do put recoveries and payabilities in our press releases. You have to do that. But what what I will say is, it's a primary silver mine. So silver, silver basically accounts for at twenty dollars silver, it's accounts for about sixty to sixty five percent of the revenues. If you silver price goes up, that obviously starts moving towards seventy and beyond. So it's a primary silver open pit mine. The other the other metals do have some effect. Gold counts for about anywhere from five to ten percent, and the base metals lead, zinc account for the remainder. So it is a primary silver open pit mine, but it's a polymetallic project, as we see with a lot of uh, a lot of silver projects.
0: Okay, so you think that the the recovery and the realization costs um, won't affect your ability to get a contribution from those secondary metals
1: yeah no they'll be an important part of it and listen it's it's, uh, it's about NSR value so that's all factored in but they, they, they are important but the primary driver behind this is, is, is silver
0: okay so we've seen some results come out recently but, you know some good silver crates in there you've got to be pleased um, what's that going to do in terms of moving the needle based on what you know from the first PEA
1: yeah so it's uh, you know listen it's it, it, when someone says they're going to take a you know a project that was pretty well drilled and really infill it and tighten it up and relook at things, you sometimes just kind of say, ah, you maybe give it a yawn. But I will, I will tell you um, the size of the system, the strength of the, the mineralization and, and the you know the, the additional. And we've already done 85 holes in a year since we've owned this thing. And every iteration, every batch of 10, 15 holes, we'll do a new internal resource, kind of a high-level mine plant. You can see from batch devices significant improvements, just even in an area that was already drilled, there's sometimes two or three hundred meters between holes. you you're infilling that and you know you're getting grade increases, uh, waste uh, like strip coming down just in that open pit, the high grade open pit. So it's really been a huge value add for us um, uh, just the infill drilling in the open pit area. And the north corridor, so basically this project is at a footprint of say, uh, one and a half kilometers, the high-grade portion of one and a half kilometers by about a kilometer, and it's split roughly in half. Of about there's a north corridor which is quite well-drilled, and we continue to drill. And the south corridor is is quite sparsely drilled. And to give you an example, is we drilled um, we drilled in an area where there wasn't kind of any holes really around for about 100 150 meters, and we put a hole in. And that area, a large portion of it, was identified as waste in the previous block model. We hit 402 meters of 134 grams per 10 Silver equivalent. So, and that's basically starting at surface. Can you think about that, right? That's one of the best grade times with hits um, in the sector. Um, but that was one of the best hits at Cordero in an area that was sparsely drilled. So it's kind of showing you, and again, in the block model, if you kind of very high level, put that drill result on top of the old block model and you're seeing, well, all of this was waste, now it's all ore. So significant amounts of, of tons, just from that hit, for example, were converted from waste to ore, and so all of a sudden you'd have a two-dollar cost center turning into a profit of fifteen dollars a ton. Um, it's it's pretty. It's, it can very seriously drive the uh, the net present value of the asset.
0: Why why are you redoing the PA over and above the fact that you're now chasing silver? Did you look at some of the numbers and go? We're not so sure about some of the assumptions made in here. I think we need to redo this in our own image because it was done by the previous management team. right? You've had a few people go at this asset and try and make it work, admittedly in a slightly lower um, Silver environment, but nevertheless, you knew it would be tight and you'd need to change things radically to be able to make this work. So, what are you doing?
1: Yeah, really, we're rebranding and re scoping this project entirely. It's a huge system. It's been drilled. There's loads of data to be able to use and to mine. Um, but basically, we when we did the due diligence on this project, we saw that there was a project that worked at $17 or $18 silver. Everyone thought, oh, it needs $25 silver to be that big, huge project, which is fantastic. It gives you great MPVs at $25, the old one, the megapit, or even in the 30s. Fantastic. There's- are there any projects like it? But we looked at it and said, you know, we acquired it when silver was $15 an ounce. We're not going to wait for $25 silver. Is there a project that works at 17? And that was our whole focus. That's where we focused on the higher cutoff grades. That core I'm talking about within the the, the big mega pit. There's that high grade open pit, and we said we got to focus on it. We think that drilling can substantially improve it in terms of both strip grade, um, just knowledge of the deposit, the, the deposit genesis potentially lead us to feeders, for example, and all of a sudden now we're looking at the veins, we're getting the very high grades. So we completely thought it was, it was a great asset, it was a world-class asset that just had to be looked at from a different viewpoint. And, and basically also like, for example, the resource was a grade model before, so they didn't think they didn't use geological constraints, structural constraints. Now we're applying those geological constraints, structural constraints, typically that results in a reduction in the tonnage, but an increase in grade, just very high level. Um, we're seeing some of that now, but all of that will culminate in a resource. So we'll see where that goes. But you're improving the confidence of the project, right? We're going to basically, this is a PEA we're putting out, but we're going to basically have 75, 80 percent of the resource being an indicator or above. Okay, so it's effectively, it's almost close to a PFS. The mine plan we put in the PEA, it's going to basically be 100 percent an indicator, no inferred. So we could have actually just went right to a PFS. So, we're kind of calling this a PEA plus because the reason we're doing it as a PEA is because we're rebranding this project. So, instead of going right to a PFS, we're saying, okay, here's what this project looks like at a PEA. Now, our path to a PFS is going to be a lot faster. We have the data, the resource is already basically at PFS level, the network is going to be at PFS level, even in the PEA. Um, and so, that's our approach, just a very uh, kind of uh, a rigorous approach, uh, <laughs> different than a lot of these arm waving PEAs. It's going to be yeah. a real
0: PEA. Okay, so how much of the existing PA will you be keeping? Because if I look at some of the, like the operating costs or the capital costs, for instance, they look quite look a bit light to me. Are you literally starting from scratch?
1: Yes, completely starting from scratch. Even the old holes, there's 300 old holes, all relogged completely, reinterpreted entirely. It's a complete wash. But we have the data there. The core was preserved beautifully. We're able to go and access those, archive those. Um, you know, the, the, the data set we got and, the, and the, the core we got was fantastic to be able to work from, but it's a completely relook, uh, you know, um, a redo on, on the whole thing. It's a revamp. It's not just an update or a refresh, it's a redo.
0: Right. So do you think some people, do you think everyone's going to be happy with what you're doing Because you've got an existing fan base, very high enterprise value market cap and share price. Based on data which you are now re-evaluating, do you think you're going to sort of end up at the same place, or are you going to have to kind of backfill some of this valuation?
1: No, I, I definitely think everyone's kind of happy with. It. There's a lot of people in this for the big mega project. I'll be honest, and there's the, you know the fact, the optionality on silver. Um, there's also a lot of a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people like the way we're having a more disciplined approach to things rather than a bigger is better in this higher grade version, this staged approach. Um, but i think they're not mutually exclusive i really think it's really we're in a such a favorable position where you've got that high grade starter you're maximizing irr you're maximizing npv to capex ratio you're you know you're minimizing payback boom right away you would have done that anyway it's just a it's just we're de-risking the project by drilling the crap out of it we're de-risking the project by doing way more met on it and and then we're, you know, we're really kind of optimizing the project, pit phasing. Okay, you can do this first. Maybe you do the underground first. Then you start the high-grade pit. You do them simultaneously. You've still got the whole resource to work with. It's, it's really, truly, <laughs> and it sounds, uh, you know, a bit, you know, maybe a, a little, uh, I'm uh, singing my own song, but it's, it's really the best of both worlds. We're really in a very favorable position to, to have a project that works at lower silver prices and has huge optionality.
0: Okay, so what's important going forward? Because you've got a lot of money, Eight million bucks, plus some warrants coming, maybe another 10, who knows. Um, you've got a 50 to 55,000 meter drill program. You're going after the high grade zone first, right? That you're chasing these veins first. To, to, to what end? I mean, firstly, how much is the drilling costing you? How much are you allocating to that?
1: We've allocated about, uh, about basically $10 million. Right. Okay. And this roughly works at about two hundred dollars a meter, typical kind of Mexico cost for drilling, uh, core drilling. Um, and out of the fifty-five thousand, remember that was expanded. It was originally thirty-five. We expanded it in April or May based on the success we yep. were having, it based on the fact that our treasury had gotten bolstered. So we took it to fifty-five thousand. We're about 32, 33 through through that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so we've got about twenty more uh, left. Now that probably will expand because we've been having very good success with the veins, and, and veins are drill intensive. Um, you know, so um, you know, but at least to get that or the the open pit, the high grade open pit, we're looking at uh, to get that other twenty to twenty thousand meters. And so the north corridor is done. We talked about the north corridor. If you think about the open pit, the high grade open pit is two areas. There's a north corridor, and then the south corridor. We're now filling in and really working on the south corridor, and that's where we're seeing some some very uh, significant improvements.
0: Right, so it's actually been uh, recently drilling out these uh, high-grade veins that are flanking the pit. So, w- what are you learning?
1: Yeah, so basically, uh, Matt, when we looked at this project when we were doing due diligence, we were, you know, very excited about these veins, but we knew they needed work, they needed time. So, we actually only really in the past few months have started really working on them, and testing them, assessing them. Um, and when we acquired the project, there was five kilometers of these veins that were flanking what we thought is where the high-grade pit would be. And right now we've currently identified four major vein trends and several kind of veins that are coming off of that. So, so quite a few. And we're talking about five kilometers, like I said, based on geology and historic workings. Quite, you know, there's quite a few shallow historic workings. Uh, the artisanals, remining them shipping and shipping it directly off as direct shipping or very high grade, over kilo, two kilos, very, very high grade. Um, you know, but it gives you some idea on continuity. It shows you where to look. It's, it's definitely helpful. So we started working on them, and the previous operators had drilled them. When they were drilling the big mega pit, you were hitting some parts of the vein, but they weren't identifying them as veins. They were just putting it all in uh, into the big mega pit. We've now systematically started working and defining these veins. Um, and basically, um, you know, we're, it's, we're getting very encouraging results because these veins we're well, our original thoughts right now, are that these were actually the feeders to the high grade bit and then also to the mega bit? So the vein mineralization came through, and as you go to the northeast, is where they're really starting to show. Um, yeah, the veins are a lot more defined than in the southwest, but the southwest has higher open bit grades, so it kind of actually makes sense. Uh, they they you know, uh, they kind of encountered rock that 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 uh, you know, that, that allowed for better permeation, you're getting a higher grade there, and as you're going to the northeast, they're staying a little more defined. You're still getting good grades, but they're staying a little more defined. And, you know, we, uh, I talked about these five kilometers of workings, we're just continuing to step out on them. So, for example, there's one major uh, vein trend called the Toto Santos vein trend. We've already identified a kilometer and a half of it. We've tested over a kilometer of it. Um, kilometer and a half is what's interpreted. We've stepped out past the mega pit and we're still in the vein. We've stepped out 250 meters, hit it. Stepped out another 150 meters, hit it. So these are pretty. Pretty ballsy step out, Um, but we're seeing very, uh, you know, very similar kind of grades and drilled widths. Um, and and to put it in context for you, um, like if you even have a kilometer of this stuff, if you think of a kilometer, and you're talking about, we've already hit to three, a little over 300 meters at depth, we've already hit, and this is a, this is a mesothermal system, not epithermal. So we're actually, uh, you know, we think they're, you know, they could be very deep seated. It's there's no there's no kind of Vertical limit necessarily as there might be with a with an epithermal system, but we're already at 300 meters. You're talking about a kilometer in strike, even assume it's a kilometer, Um, and you're talking about drilled widths of two meters. We're getting on average about two meters, two and a half meters, but say even assume a one and a half meter kind of true width, which is very typical for Mexican underground mining. You put that together, and you're getting almost you know a million, a million and a half tons of high grade. A very high grade, or per kilometer. So if we're able to out of the five kilometers put two or three kilometers together, you're talking about three, four million tons, you know maybe even more. Um, and that's again, we 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 capped kind of the vertical at 300, but very quickly, um, you you know you you get a huge amount of high grade ounces. You're getting. Um, you know, for example, in the Toto Santos vein trend, we've, there's 18 holes in it overall, historic plus ours. You have an average grade of 650 grams per ton. So, 2.0 meters drilled with times 650 grams per ton. So, equivalent. you're talking 20, 15, 20, 25 ounces per ton. You do that over three uh, meters, three million tons, sorry. You're talking about 50, 75, maybe even 100 million ounces of high grade material to add to the high grade open pit. So, think about the margin expansion you can get. I mean, if you even Assume, like, you know, even if you assume you start blending it in with the high grade, you're talking about, you know, grade increases that are going through the middle of 15, 20, 30% on top of the high grade open pit grade, huge margin expansion. It also allows for development kind of optionality. You could develop the underground, uh, the underground veins while the, undergr- uh, the high grade open pit is developing simultaneously because they're actually very far from each other. The, the high grade open pit is developed in the Southwest. So, it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of um, of how to really again maximize the value of the project and and when you want to start things. We really think it's a game changer.
0: Well, that's the bit you seem most excited about. It seems from this exactly. conversation, right? But I mean, when are you going to be able to tell us about you know, great dilution and you know, consistency? Because you know, chasing things is is tough. Can be expensive. It can there can be a lot of dilution. There can be a lot of waste. So. What was the process that you're going to go through to try and understand exactly what you've got there?
1: Yeah, so we're we're in a good position because the historic workings are helping guide us. Number one, we're able to actually access the underground a little bit. That's helping a lot. We're able to, you know, uh, really kind of kind of kind of look at the veins close up. Um, but so the historic workings are helping. The the really in depth view of geology we have in the property is helping. That's all helping. But what our real plan is. These are kind of already defined. What we want to do is develop the skeleton of each vein. So there's four of them, develop the skeleton, do some larger step-outs, and then you come back. And the expensive part of it is infill drilling. We'll come back and do that. But our goal right now is to develop the skeleton. Because kind of once you have the skeleton of the vein and things are looking continuous, you're getting similar grades and widths, you can kind of put something together on in terms of value. It's pretty easy to start wrapping your head around some economics of what that vein could mean. So our focus right now is developing the skeletons, and then coming back later to, to tighten it up.
0: Okay. So I noticed that drill results reported by Discovery Metals constitute less than seventeen percent of the drill hole length. Okay, and have a weighted average of about seventy nine grams. Um, and if I look, um, you know, if I look here, highlighted uh, higher grade results. The weighted average is about two hundred and thirty one grams per ton. Right. Um, which is only 2% of the drill hole length. So the question is, you know, are you going to be a little bit more open and provide more information for the market to make better decisions with, or are you going to be a bit selective as it has been in the past? Uh, we've
1: never been selective, actually. We put all of our drill holes completely, the full drill hole length on, on uh, when we put out our press releases, it's completely there, available uh, for people to go through and, and do their own calculations. You'll see uh, in our bulk tonnage, well very continuous, coherent holes. Uh, but no, we uh, we put all of our drill data for uh, for people to be able to see. Okay.
0: So coming back to that question about backfilling, you don't think you're going to have to backfill the valuation here at all with the new PEA?
1: Uh, not, not at all. I mean, listen, even even the pullback in silver price from twenty eight to twenty four, we've we've already dropped a dollar in share price. I Actually, think it's an extremely attractive entry point uh, for a lot of names, but but, but ours specifically. Uh, you know, real story that's cashed up, that's that's it's got a real asset. I think it's actually an extremely attractive entry point. I think, I think actually, as we get towards the resource in PA, we're going to be de-risking uh, the project, and actually, it's going to be uh, very constructive for the share price. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> the macro situation will be an important part of that, but definitely in terms of story and de-risking it, um, it's going to be uh, very constructive. I think the news we're going to continue to put out.
0: Okay. How much involvement is Eric Spottaking? taking? Obviously, he's got a very large position in this now and I know he likes Silver and his expectations of Silver will shoot up a lot higher than it is today. Um, is he getting involved on a day-to-day basis or are you just getting on with it yourselves?
1: No, not at all. He's, uh, he's you know, a you know, very, you know, very supportive shareholder and we stay in touch as we do with other shareholders but not at all involved in the day to day.
0: So, and so, let me ask you about the Auction Capital. Are they getting involved? Uh, obviously, a very successful group in their own right. Are they, do they help you at all?
1: Yeah. Listen, we and our board. We've got a couple members. Uh, you know, Marco Day, was the, the principal and, and founder of the Auction Capital, is on our board. He's uh, been fantastic to have. He, uh, you know, <laughs> he loves he loves the rocks and gets into it. You know, very often with us, and we stay in touch regularly with him on it. And also uh, of note is. Is Moira Smith, who is uh, the VP Exploration and Geoscience for Liberty Gold, who's part of the Octogen family, um, Liberty Gold is, and so she gets actually very involved too. So it's been it's been fantastic um, to have you know lots of heads to to, to be thinking on things uh, within you know everything we kind of the management group's focused on things, but it's been amazing to uh, to have uh, ideas to run by um, others who've really who've also been there, done that, and uh, you know. Are pretty opinionated in a good way. So,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So you've got a plan. Sounds like you're, you know, overhauling everything. Great. We look forward to seeing what that looks like, and I think that's to be commended. You've also got another seventeen million bucks, which you haven't allocated yet. Have you got too much money?
1: (laughs) Um, Listen, you you could you could say that, but I what I would say is is We've got the money now basically to construction decision and way beyond. we probably have a huge chunk of the equity capital to the build actually. Um, so that leaves us in, and you know when, you know if silver takes off when it does, we know how it can move and you, you know you're ready to go. you're ready for aggressive exploration like we're currently doing um, you know resource expansion and then you've got a lot for future development as well. So we're in a, in a really good position we're probably it's an industry-leading balance sheet, especially for developers. We're recovered all the way through to construction. And and, and and still gonna have a lot of money after that. Um, uh, for, for, for capital.
0: And Touch, you know it's about timing. So do you think you're gonna hit this right or just miss it?
1: <laughs> listen, we're not doing this for timing. Uh, a lot of people say timing. is silver's all about timing and it's listen, this thing will make money. That's it. That the whole any time you look at a project is does it make money? That's it. And It doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, The whole reason we're looking at this project and the way we're looking at it is: who cares about silver price generally? I mean, listen, it can't go to five dollars an ounce or something, but reasonable silver price, this project will make money, period, and will be very profitable at 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 a very reasonable silver price. So, if silver runs, I'll be very happy. You'll be happy. Lots of people will be happy. That's fine. But we make this. We're making the the mine to make money. You know, we're—I mean, we're—we're de- we're developing and optimizing this project to make money
0: for shareholders. Yes, Kids. for shareholders, and as well other
1: stakeholders, the local, you know, locals, and um, you know, there's a lot of times we get caught up in oh, it's all about just you know, it's just for for uh, you know, for maximizing NPV and for shareholders. Yes, that's a huge part of it, but also in this day and age, you know, the local stakeholders and things like that are, are very important.
0: So does that mean that you're not trying to accelerate the process? Because obviously, the quicker you can get there, the better, right? Because cost of money and all of that kind of good stuff. And if you do hit this, whatever the cycle looks like, however long it lasts, it is better if you've got bigger margins. But I know you don't care because you're you're trying to be a operator in a low cost environment. But it's better if you make more money.
1: Not completely, like uh, you know, like a lot of people say. <laughs> You should, uh, you know, if you catch it at the right time, you should mine the higher grade stuff first. Boom, make money. Make it hit the NPV right away. Yeah, and we're really looking at it from that point of view the flexibility to be able to, oh, all of a sudden, like, it, it sounds counterintuitive when commodity prices are high. You should actually be processing the higher grade material, <laughs> make more money.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so give me, give me, give us an idea on timing here. Cause like I said, you got all the money, you're doing a big drill program, you've got a new plan, you can deliver a, PA plus PSF le- PFS level, all good. But when's it all happening?
1: So basically, in terms of news flow, um, catalysts, every month, every three four weeks, we'll be putting out drill results to, to kind of really uh, start showing what that, that high grade open pit is looking like. Um, but basically, those new uh, it's kind of news flow every month in terms of drill results. Met work kind of end of Q one. We've just started a met program, a detailed met program, so that'll help de-risk the project. Um, in addition to that, kind of small incremental things, but kind of showing our view on this project, that, you know, eventually we're going to move forward as we'll be working on sustainability work, socioeconomic work, all of that to support the studies beyond the PEA. Uh, you don't necessarily need it for the PEA, but we're, we're, we're continuing to move forward on, on those fronts as well. Um, ultimately, major catalyst is a resource Q2 2021, um, brand new resource. And then obviously, subsequent to that, uh, the PEA, maybe. A quarter after that, or less than a quarter after that,
0: doesn't matter what size the resource is. Do you think the market cares particularly? Uh, we just need to hit a number. You need to get. You need to get. Uh, you need to show that you've got this high grade stuff, and you can make you know significant margin early, contributing cash flows. I mean, how are you thinking of presenting it to the market?
1: Um, I think the market actually does care uh, quite a bit, especially with this, because again, this project is living with a lot of legacy views on it. Some people who really have d- dug in who are really believers of the story, they've done the work and they're like, okay, yeah, you're looking at this. Wow, this is pretty serious. This makes money at 17 or 18. But some, a lot of people haven't. And I think having that resource out there, having that PE out there is just boom, here's what this looks like. You can't, <laughs> you can't, uh, you can't deny it. This is what it is. Um, you know, and it's, it allows us the more to be able to talk to and uh, really show what all of this additional additional work we've done and complete revamp of the project what it actually looks like. Because again, we don't think this is incremental, an incremental change. This is a huge step change on this 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 world class asset, this huge system.
0: And it's going to be economic.
1: Yes, for sure. <laughs> Those are the major things we're looking for, and I th- think most people get that. That's why that's why you're seeing kind of the support we're getting is they realize that uh you know this is a project that's gonna work and it's uh it's got the right lens on.
0: Satas, question for you. Is grade always king? (laughs)
1: Uh no, I don't think it is. Um I think if you've got lower grade and lower strip, um who cares if you've got if you've got high graded massive strip or it's underground or it's refractory? We can go on and on, but I mean, we talked about this and joked about this before. But um, NPV is king.
0: True, So Thanks very much for today. Um, nice to see you, you. know, going to be putting out a resource and obviously redoing the PEA. I think that's fantastic and relooking at the costs and the opportunity ahead of you. Looking forward to uh, seeing that. Um, stay in touch, let know How you get on?
1: Perfect. Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, thanks for your time. And yeah, we'll definitely stay in touch.
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback. So please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.